Percy, let's be honest. Change is not something we always look forward to, especially if that change is prompted by cancer. That's correct. But if we let God work in us and through us, Wayne, he can use cancer to affect good changes that will result in good fruit that others can eat off of. All right. We're going to hear from a nurse today whose service to cancer patients was changed for the better after she was diagnosed with cancer herself. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and this is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, are you charged up for this program today? I am charged up, and I feel engaged in so many ways as a result of this conversation. When are you not charged up? That's what I want. I tell you what, it's rare, and I try not to let people see that. (laughs) Your batteries don't run low, I don't think. Not that often. Not that often. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about a changed caregiver. We're going to hear from Kathy here in a few moments. Kathy is going to help us to understand As a caregiver, a nurse of many years, 20-plus years, battling her own uh, challenges from a healthcare perspective, how it has had an effect upon her on how she approaches her bedside everyday care to patients to really make a difference in their lives because she understands what it is like to be someone being treated for sickness and disease. So stay with us. That conversation with Kathy is coming up in just a moment. And we'll learn some things about Percy, I might add. Mm-hmm. So you got to stay tuned for that. Uh, and right off here at the start, I want to mention our resource, our free resource called Caring for Caregivers. We've had many conversations about the fact that caregivers need our care and concern as well. So this resource can help. It is because, again, at the end of the day, most and by and large, all cancer patients who have a successful journey do not do that alone and without support and help. Their caregivers are important. We need to understand their needs, and we need to be able to practically help and support them with the ministry of being a caregiver and what does that entail. This document will help to give us some nice points and tips on how to do just that. Here's our website. One thing you can do at the website is download this free resource, Caring for Caregivers. It's free. You can print off as many copies as you like and share it with friends Mm -hmm. that would benefit from it as well. Caring for Caregivers at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, the other thing to use the website for is to answer our question of the week. And here's the question. What should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? Yeah, we'd like to really get your feedback and so that you can help us and others understand, again, from your perspective, what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? Your feedback is important to us, and potentially we'll read some of those responses at another time on another show. Okay, why don't you grab one right now? Let's let's share one of those right now, because we've been asking questions the last several episodes here, and people have been responding, so let's... Uh Let's take one or two of those, if you don't mind. Well, I'll do just that. And we have a comment from Oklahoma. And the question that we asked on that particular show was, what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? My faith had been on the back burner in my life. What a blessing. This diagnosis has been to lead me back to God and have a stronger understanding and faith than I have ever had. P.S. I love the HHI podcast. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> I like the response from San Diego. We asked, What was something you learned from your cancer journey? It's short but succinct. 
I learned it wasn't anyone's fault. Mm, wow. But it says volumes Doesn't at the it? end of the day. Because, again, it, it puts in perspective, again, where one needs to ultimately find themselves in order to move forward. First coming to terms with the fact that there was no one at fault and there no one to blame. Now I'm going to focus my energy on what it will take for me to move forward versus looking backwards. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, take us to God's Word for a spiritual nugget to begin with. Well, with that being said, let's go to John And we're going to look at uh, the 15th chapter and verse number 12. And it just basically tells us what we all should know, what we all have heard. But just be reminded afresh and again. And that is this. My command to you, not my uh, recommendation, not my uh, suggestion. (laughs) God has commanded something of us. He said, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. And if we can just put that into play, it would take care of so much uh, that ails us mentally, emotionally, physically. So again, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. We're going to hear from our guests in a moment, but with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or here's the number you can call to answer questions you may have about your treatment options. It's 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Well, Percy, we're going to turn you into a roving reporter here today because Mm -hmm. as you travel about the country, you meet interesting people who have stories to tell. And Kathy is one of those people you met recently. Well, 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 with me today is Kathy Small, and she is a nurse navigator uh, who works at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia. Welcome today to the show. How are you, Kathy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I love talking to nurses, and I tell you why. I've been, um, as you know, uh, within the rank and file of Cancer Treatment Centers of America for 24 years, Mm -hmm. and it is my bias that uh, the nurse is the backbone of every clinical environment. Thank you. Yeah, and so I salute you as a nurse. I always congratulate nurses. Uh, We could not do half of the things that we do in a healthcare setting without the nurse. They are the bedrock, and so thank you for being a nurse Mm -hmm. today. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. On that note... Um, and I typically ask, uh, particularly nurses and doctors, this question, what motivated you to be a nurse? Well, you know, when did you decide to become a nurse and what motivated you to be a nurse? Uh, I've been a caretaker all my life. So took care of my younger siblings, uh, took care of the household. My mom went out to work. So I always wanted to help people. And I, this is one of the ways that I found that I could do that. Yeah. So it's just yeah. kind of part of your DNA. It's of part just, of my DNA. Just being a nurturer and a caretaker. Yes, that, that well, one cool. thing for sure, that's exactly if if someone is in the nursing field who doesn't have that type of uh, DNA profile, they're in the wrong profession for exactly. sure. So mm-hmm. I thank you for that. Thank you for being a nurturer. Uh, more specifically, you are a nurse navigator yes. at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What exactly does a nurse navigator do? So we're the primary or the first clinical contact here at CTCA in Philadelphia. When a patient calls in and goes through all their registration and insurance issues, they um, come through to me and then I 
uh, get their information based on what's been going on with their cancer, uh-huh. um, any issues that they're having, and what they're really looking for in terms of a treatment plan and a team that can surround themselves around them. Okay. So you're very helpful. And again, the word navigator means just that you're helping them to uh, work through and process through the maze of the healthcare system mm-hmm. and all that goes with that. Mm-hmm. You're a nurse and you're a nurse navigator, but more than that, you're also uh, now being treated for a rare blood disorder. That's correct. What exactly, uh, tell uh, someone that's listening today, what is it that you're being treated for and what it is and what possibly it can migrate to later on? Okay, so what I have is uh, called uh, systemic. Uh, mastocytosis, okay. which is a rare blood disease considered an orphan disease um, because less than 200,000 people in the United States have it. Really? And it is a disorder of the mast cell. Um, my bone marrow makes too many of these cells, which we all have. Okay. And a mast cell is affiliated with allergic reaction. reaction. Okay. So you come across an allergen. Let's say you're allergic to bee sting. You, bee stings you. You get anaphylaxis. They treat you with epinephrine and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, unfortunately, they don't know what my trigger is. And um, there's a certain amount that is considered a normal level in your bloodstream. Mine is quadruple the amounts that a typical person would have. Okay. So when I do have an attack, I have all the anaphylaxis, all the allergic reactions you can have all at once. And um, on top of that, there is the potentiality of, of this current blood disease that could possibly progress to becoming leukemia. Yes, it could uh, could mutate to a leukemia. So you're being treated for that yes. as we speak right now. Yes. And obviously uh, keeping, you know, one eye open while you got Absolutely. one eye closed while you're praying yes. to see if there's a possible progression to leukemia. So yes. you've got a little something to say, I would think, to someone that's listening today about uh, health care, yes. clinical care, yes. being a nurse, yes. cancer, yes. and and I think even more importantly, being hopeful. Yes. Uh, you're a person of faith. Yes, I am. And spirituality means something to you. Yes, it does. What, what uh, you know, without going into any specific details, this is not about a person's specific uh, religious belief system on the show. We don't get into those type of debates right. and arguments. We've had people who have represented a wide range of spiritual orientation, but this mm-hmm. is about the general concept of the fact that faith and spirituality has and can potentially play a role in the process absolutely, and the progress of one's healing and recovery while receiving medical care. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what does spirituality and faith mean to you in the midst of your progress. Um, I have a, a, a very vast faith in God. I believe in God, and I believe I'm truly blessed because um, I'm able to speak about this. When I came to CTCA, I believe there was only one patient that they had ever treated with this. Okay. So, um, and then I believe that when I'm able to speak to a person who comes to our center, I can speak on their level from coming from a, a, a perspective of being a patient myself yeah. and yeah. that through my my faith and uh, my belief um, and in hoping that there is, I'm living uh, healthy, you know, I'm on treatment, but I am still very healthy and patients see me and they get a, an, an equal ray of hope that, okay, you know, they do take good care of us here. So I, I believe that I was brought here for a reason when I came to start working here. And you've been a nurse how long now? Since 1992. Okay, so a little while, huh? Yes. <laughs> no, that's that's more than a little while. Yes. You've, you've put in your time. I have. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And again, congrats, congrats. I love nurses. They're Thank some you. of my favorite people. Um, in supporting and serving uh, patients, and specifically cancer patients mm-hmm. in a cancer environment, 
What are some things that you've learned from cancer patients? What have they shown you and taught you? Strength. Uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, people come in here. I believe I meet a hero every day. Um, yeah. There are people who have gone through worse, um, who are at the same level as I am, if you want to put it in levels. But I believe that they have a perseverance. They also have very high and strong faith in God. Yeah. And um, they believe that that they can beat this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with a positive attitude, it does help with most of some of their outcomes. Um, it can help them. Um, get through their treatments. It helps tolerate, they can tolerate treatments much better with a better outlook. Yeah. And I find that when I meet a new hero every day, that I'm truly blessed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. I've, I've uh, been working with cancer patients for 24 years. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I am now on the other side of the table as well. I've just oh. been uh, recently diagnosed six weeks ago uh, with uh, early stage one colon cancer. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. so to your point yes. uh, that uh, I have always said that I have found cancer patients to be Risky. just some of the most courageous, unbelievable people who I have always looked up to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I now get my turn to actually sit on the other side of the table. It's it's quite the privilege and honor I consider. And you said it earlier to feel blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel extremely blessed yes. and fortunate. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that being said, uh, today we are comrade yes. in arms. That's right. Because in many cases, in many cases, cancer is treatable and survivable. Sure and so is. we're we're going to continue to fight the good fight of faith and and tell people to continue to fight the good That's fight right. of faith. That being said, mm-hmm. uh, what say you about the value and the role? You touched upon it just a little bit, but I want to go a little bit deeper of why spirituality and faith uh, should be incorporated in a clinical environment. There are still those who debate that yes. point, as you well know. Yes. Let's talk about what you think. You, you've been in the medical field yes. for a little while yes. now. Mm-hmm. You now are on the other side of the table mm-hmm. as a patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to speak from both sides of that equation. What say you about why spirituality and faith should be amalgamated, not substituted for right. medical care? Mm-hmm. Why is that, in your opinion? The body and the mind is connected in many ways. And the way that you think comes from your spirituality, from your beliefs, yeah. from what you, your your patterns are, what you've been taught. Um, and through advers- a- adversities, um, you gain that resilience and you find that, you know, there is a thing, something that's there that's supporting you. That's, you know, you're never alone. Yeah. And I believe that, um, you know, without it, depression sits in, um, you know, not wanting to fight sets in. Yeah. And it's really, uh, it can be a negative thing. It could be a really awful thing. I've, I've seen it. Um, but with spirituality, you have somewhere to go to. You know, you may not have someone around you in your immediate vicinity that can understand, but you can go to someone, you can go to him, and you can speak to him. Some and place to deposit Absolutely. That. And you leave it with him, and then you carry on your way, and he'll get you through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again, speaking firsthand, you're doing this. You're yes. walking the walk, as someone recently asked me. You know, how, how has this impacted you? I said, well, for 24 years, I was talking the walk, mm-hmm. and now I get the walk to talk. Yes. And, you know, and I say that not uh, maliciously or cavalierishly, Mm -hmm. you know, I I attempted to talk the walk as much as I could talk it without actually having have walked it. And, uh, you know, today I get to say from from that perspective, I'm I'm walking that path. And you're you're exactly right. 
the power and the belief that God is working with you yes. and through you, mm-hmm. upon you, yes. around yes. you, and underneath yes. you, and more yes. importantly, inside of you, yes. is a uh, someone asked me, well, how do you feel? I said, I'm a dangerous man mm-hmm. right now. I feel dangerous that's, today. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that's the whole point of this show, right. is that we want to inspire people with health, hope, yes. and inspiration. Yeah. So having said that, um, what are some of the things, how has your life changed or been impacted after now dealing with your your you know you've been on the other side of of clinical Mm -hmm, care mm -hmm. has has anything personally now been impacted in a way that just a little bit different of who you are and where you are now because of being on the other side of the table uh yeah as i said before don't sweat the small stuff okay i'm taking stock as to not everything is a big deal and there's certain things that are priority and wasting all your energy on things that don't really mean much you gotta put that away. You gotta put it away, um, and I always feel like I know my nursing has changed. Um, really? In that um, I've always been a caretaker, always been uh, patient centric. But um, coming from their perspective, you know, I make sure I'm taking time and sitting down and talking to them. It, it gives them; uh, they feel like someone understands. Yeah. Um, and you know. Like for something as simple as putting in an IV, I know what it feels like. Sure. So when someone's about to get an IV, I take extra steps to make sure that I'm not doing anything that's going to harm or hurt them and that they have faith and they, they trust that I'm going to do what I need to do for them yeah. without being, you know, okay, I'm just putting an IV in, you know, something as simple as that. For someone, it could be, there are people who have deathly, you know, really just are the phobic, anxiety, the anxiety yeah. of just getting... A blood draw, but knowing what it feels like, yeah. I can come from that perspective, sure, sure. and then they feel comfortable. Yeah, I would have to imagine, and it's a great example of being able to come to the table with that type of insight. Mm-hmm. Really does, and again, it it doesn't sound earth shattering on no. the surface, but for the per, and again, because I've just recently gone yes, through this, yes. of of having someone that's providing that type of service with that type of intuitive care. Mm-hmm is really a huge, big thing. It makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going forward, what's next? One of the things that I think that I know and, <laughs> and, and, and certainly what I'm processing through right now is uh, bucket list stuff, stuff that I want to do that I haven't done yet. Because yes. again, I feel like I can do anything right, at this point. Right, I right. really do. Uh, what's, what's next for you that you haven't done yet, what you're thinking about doing or you well, want to do? Um, I'm an artist as well. Oh. So um, I want to branch out into, and I've recently established a company of my own for my art business. And I want to be able to give back to the community. Um, my five-year goal or whatever you want to call it is having a standalone community center where people, because we, we don't have it in school anymore. Yeah. Creative expression is also part of spirituality. Yeah. And a lot of people are stunted because they have to go through this mundane Monday to Friday thing and trying to give them an, an avenue or a way to just be able to express without being talked down or, you know, telling sure. them that, you know, that doesn't mean anything yeah. or, yeah. you know, taking down someone's dream. I, I want to be able to be an av- avenue for that. You're right. Cause again, I remember going to school arts was a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, so that's, that's no longer part of a lot of the public, no. public school system curriculum right. any longer. That's so, right. yeah. uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm going I'm to join my faith with yours and believe you yeah. for that community Amen. center. Amen. So with yeah. that being said, because I think there's something to be said about being able to empower people to express themselves and however they choose to do that in a creative 
a form right. is uh, is freeing and is liberating. Mm-hmm. Well, with the few seconds we have left, what is one thing that gives you hope or drives your hope? Being able to bring to patients what I was brought, and that is that there is a God and there is um, there is hope. Um, every time I go down to speak to a patient, I pray and I ask God to give me what he can so that I, he, the person is receiving his message through me when I, when I speak to them as something as simply as going over their schedule that they are able to feel that peace and that, that faith and that hope and that, you know, we're going to take this one day at a time and I'm going to be here for the ride. Today you've heard from Kathy Small, uh, nurse of many years, now also being treated for rare blood disease herself, and also, uh, dare I say, an aspiring artist and teacher uh, uh, of artists. Today, uh, you've painted a wonderful canvas of love and compassion and, and hope. And so with that, uh, I receive your art that you presented thank to you. our audience today. God bless you, dear. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Percy, that was recorded, obviously, several months ago. Mm-hmm. You had just come off that diagnosis and surgery yes. for colon cancer. I didn't know I was dealing with a dangerous man, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me clarify what I mean there. Uh, and, and, and anyone who knows me and has had, uh, I think, the privilege of knowing me, I, I am one of the most peace-loving people you will ever meet. Uh, I really am. I concur. But we we live in a hostile environment from a spiritual perspective, mm. uh, where we are reminded that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities and evil wickedness in high places. And part of that is that we're fighting against the conflict of sickness and disease and the threat against our, our well-being. And, and we have to fight back. We're told that we need to be armed, you know, put on the full armor mm-hmm. of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And so when I use that expression of being a dangerous man, what I'm really saying is uh, it's interesting, Wayne, and it really is true because historically what we've been conditioned to think about when we hear about cancer is this big, gigantic, mean, <laughs> nasty, evil v- uh, villain. Unconquerable. That's exactly right. That's yeah. coming through a village and just wreaking havoc and tearing up a town and, and smushing your house. And and when you face that giant, you know, and again, no one would do that voluntarily. And when you have had some some level of success in facing and then moving beyond that conflict— you, you really feel like you can do anything, not within yourself, but with the help of God who is working with you. And it's very much the disposition that David took when he faced Goliath. Yes. He, he, he took the mindset of God has always been with me in times past, and today he's going to be with me again. Today. It emboldens you. And it emboldens you, and it gives you confidence, and it gives you courage and strength because we're always, we're not always, but in many cases, we have to face uh, negative circumstances that in some cases may force us to run and hide. And instead of running and hiding, we're standing and declaring mm-hmm. that God is with me today. That makes you dangerous in the earth because the enemy of our souls is trying to torture us and he's trying to make us run and hide for cover. Yep. But because of the grace and the glory of God, we're not running and hiding. We're declaring today that we have victory and success. Well, I smile when I heard you describe yourself that way because yeah. it's true. It really is true because of the Lord at work in your life. Absolutely, without yep. question. And so yep. we're grateful for having— Regardless of the outcome of the cancer. That's right, the, having the greater one working inside of you. And there's something to be said about that. It truly is. Well, let's turn our attention back to Kathy because she had some important things to say about strength and boldness, too. She did. And again, Kathy is a wonderful—again, wonderful nurse. I, I, I've said it 
a million times, I said it during the interview, I love nurses. Nurses are the backbone of the healthcare industry. What would we do without them? Uh, they're there on the front line every day. Everyone can remember either a great or a bad experience that they had during a hospital stay with a nurse. And so Kathy is one of those great nurses. She's been in the uh, field for a long time, 20 plus years. And she talked about as a result of having her own challenges with a rare blood disease that she has to work through, how she learned specifically first and foremost from cancer patients uh, about their strength and their perseverance and again about not sweating the small stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that expression of how in her mind uh, she meets a hero every day when she yeah. serves cancer Boy, patients. Boy, that meant so much to me to hear her say that. Because at the end of the day, cancer patients are heroes. And I don't say that, you know, uh, loosely because they're, again, they're fighting. They're pushing back. They're trying to, uh, uh, you know, normalize something ha that has disrupted their world and their life. And the fact that they decided to say, listen, I'm not walking away without a fight. I'm going to do something and push back and put some resistance resistance on this makes them a hero. When yeah. we think about a hero, somebody who ran in a building that was on fire and took mm. a cat or a dog or a little child out, mm. think about the building that's on fire that's their life that they decided, no, I'm not running from this. I'm going to stand and face this. That makes them a hero. So I appreciated the analogy yeah. that she used there. Well, I'm so sorry that uh, she's had to go through the cancer that she's gone through, but by her own admission, it's made her an even better nurse. Well, and again, here's the point of the exercise. What can we walk away with, Wayne, as a teachable moment? Because life will throw us a curveball. Life uh, has ups and downs. You know, it rains on the just and the and it, as well as on the unjust. So when it's our turn and it's raining on us, what can we take away from that experience that will make us better? For her, it has made her a better caregiver. Uh, she talked about how just taking her bedside manner to a whole nother level just in terms of uh, placing an IV in. I just recently had that done three days in a row. <laughs> yeah, that was very descriptive. It, it, yeah. it was because, again, there are people who are, have phobias and fears about that. Well, because she has had that done to her, there's a sensitivity to the fact that when I do this, I want to do it as kindly and as gently and as non-invasive as possible. And how much of a difference that makes to that person who's receiving that type of conscientious care. Yeah, as I listened to you talk with uh, Kathy, one thing that struck me was just the amazing experience that her cancer journey has inspired her as an artist. Well, Now, that's something we haven't talked about before. That, and that is true because, again, we talk about what can be birthed out of a cancer experience or out of a healthcare experience. No one would volunteer, you know, to sign no, up for something like that. Absolutely not. But then what can come out of, you know, the phoenix that rises from the ashes, if you will. For her, it was this notion and this idea of uh, art, uh, wanting to open up a community center uh, to support young people uh, who may uh, be part of uh, 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 school districts and systems that no longer are providing uh, arts uh, classes as is the case for a lot of public school districts. Mm -hmm. And again, how important art has been to her and is to her. She wants, she feels that that's part of her mission that has come out of this. She wants to open up a community center to give expression and teach art and allow art to be facilitated to young people. So again, how great is it to be motivated and inspired by something that is negative and challenging, but what comes out of that is this wonderful, positive unbelievable gift that she's trying to make happen and to impart into other people's lives. 
Well, Kathy, if you're listening, thank you for taking the time to talk with our dangerous man here, <laughs> Percy McRae. And make sure to sign me up for your first art class. I'm coming. <laughs> okay, I want to see that. Yeah. Let's see the results of that. All right. I'm going to surprise you, buddy. <laughs> okay. Have you heard about Cancer Center for Alexa? The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. Now, to access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center. You say that to any Amazon device. You can also access the tool in any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. So what a great thing, the Cancer Center for Alexa, something new from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Let's return to our question of the week. The question is that we'd like you to answer, what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? And again, it's a question to talk about our community, to talk about how uh, we are reacting and responding and how can we react and respond. So it's really a clarion call to challenge us to think about uh, what do we do, how do we do things when we have opportunity to support cancer patients. So again, what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey. We want to hear from you. And when we have opportunity on some other shows, we'll attempt to read some of those reactions and responses that will continue to bless uh, maybe someone that's listening also on, on our show at another time. Right. We know you have a lot to say, and we want to give voice to you. So please go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. When you're there, click on Connect. And then you'll see a little drop-down menu that will allow you to answer the question of the week. And again, the question this week is, what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? Very helpful for us to receive your responses. So thank you. And while you go to the website, also check out the Caring for Caregivers resource that's available right now. Caring for Caregivers, available free as a resource at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our inspiration comes from God's Word. Absolutely. And so our spiritual nugget that we open and now that we will close with is found in John, the 15th chapter, verse 12. And it's very simple. Uh, as we listened again to our interview with Kathy today, uh, we heard someone who just basically loved God's people. And so that's what our scripture is telling us. It sums it up very well. Verse 12, my command is this from God. Lord, what is your commandment? What is, what's your will for my life, Lord? Well, here it is. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. We call it the golden rule, but because uh, God is the highest source, we're going to call it the platinum rule today. You know, <laughs> do unto others as you will have done unto you. Well, God says we need to love each other as I have loved you. And so when we operate from that standard, it will challenge us to be our best self so that we can ultimately be our best self for others when we have opportunity to do so. So continue to be encouraged, continue to hang in there. And remember, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. God bless. Keep after it. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to Health, Hope, and Inspiration on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your programs. For Percy McCray, I'm Wayne Shepherd. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncologist information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.